Alright guys, welcome back from the break here. Uh, this is our first ever post-episode. We call it a follow-up episode on last week. Mm-hmm. Um, as the listeners heard, I have a lot of very strong personal opinions about the election and about Donald Trump and about the collision course that this great country is on. Um, and continues to stay on. And in my time on the road... I've had a lot of a lot of time to quietly reflect on our plight. And the most terrifying thing about what's going on here is that what we're talking about here is 35% of 50% of, you know, maybe another 50% of the country that's controlling the discourse here. It's 35% of Republicans who are 50% of voters, and voters are maybe only 50% of people in the U.S. Are, are leaning towards this guy. Yeah. So this is fucking 5% of people, you know, tail wagging the dog that's controlling all the discourse. But what's really scary about it on top of that is that Trump is more, more than just a fiasco and a problem. Trump is a fucking mirror that's showing us a part of this country that we either didn't know existed or wanted to pretend didn't exist or want to ignore. And that's, Do you think that might be his old, his old master plan here? I don't that's think a good he analogy. doesn't have a master plan. He is the guy. He, he just wants to watch the world burn. He's the kid that breaks shit for no reason. Right, but I think that's a very good analogy. He, he's a mirror. He's showing us things that we don't want to see and we wanted to just normally just lies in the bellows of the United States, and we don't see it. Right. So we don't think it exists. We know it yeah. exists, we just didn't know to the magnitude of it. We haven't put this many cameras in front of We're it before. We're educated, big city folk that don't have a lot of exposure to what's going on in like the backwoods of Alabama, and frankly don't give a flying fuck what's happening out there until they make their voice heard with some stupid fucking shit like this, and then we, all of a sudden we all care. And it's I kind think, of impressive it took this long for anyone to figure this out. No, I think people started to figure this out toward the end of last year. No, no, like why no other presidential candidate has figured oh. this out. Um, there have been weird races before that could be paralleled here. Ronald Reagan was a, a fucking actor, right? Yeah. Um, was he a respected actor? Was he just like an average actor? I honestly have no idea. I don't know that I've ever seen anything that Ronald Reagan was in. But, I mean, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan was old, right? Like, even when he became president, he was already, like, 60-something at the yeah. time. Yeah. So he had been an actor in, like, 1930, 1940. So none of that shit is really stuff that we're going to know all that well. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there was almost an uproar over that. People said that it was going to ruin the whole country, basically electing a celebrity president. And... His presidency didn't go great, but obviously the world didn't end. But, I mean, there have been nasty races like this before, or races where um, I believe it was, I think it was Nixon who was endorsed by the KKK. Now, obviously, he disavowed it. He didn't accept it. Well, Trump has accepted it, or he hasn't done anything to it. No, no, Trump, well... (laughs) 
Trump, you know, wanted to be Mr. Optionality. And when he was on the air, he said, you know, I don't know about these people. I can't talk about it or whatever. And he didn't immediately denounce this guy, David Duke, who is, a, you know, some form of white supremacist. And then afterwards, which this was actually a great quote that he said at one of the last debates, he said, look at my Twitter account. Look at my record. I don't know that any, no presidential candidate ever has invoked his fucking Twitter account while on a debate stage, which both scares me and makes me optimistic about my personal holdings. My yeah, investment that, in Twitter there, which is good. On that same debate stage, he referenced his fucking dick, uh, it's, it's, which was just out of control. Um, entertainment, though. Well, that's, I mean, Rubio... Once again, I'm it, Rubio played into it. But Rubio once again, I'm talking bit, about the hand. Don't bring out the entertainment factor because you know that that's upsetting to me, and I think I've made a good case for why. Still reality. It, there is reality that there's a spectacle to it, but I just want people to not purely be entertained by this because it's, you know, you're playing the fiddle while fucking Rome burns there. Um, but, I mean, I do think that this is a wake-up call in terms of the fact that we need to give more of a shit about how people perceive, how people in shitty situations, like in fucking backwoods, Alabama, backwoods, Louisiana, you know, the southern states, mm-hmm. how people perceive their position in the country and how much help they're getting from the country. And these are stupid fucking people. Oh, you mean their entitlement? Yeah. And you got to cater to them or else this shit happens. This is the a direct result. So there's a lot of rumors roaming around. I mean, you've been gone for a while. People thought, you know, you've been parlaying, you have this other job, <laughs> you travel around a lot and all this stuff. Listen, that was one of the that more you were outweigh- going, That uh, you were going yeah. to swing states. So after a little bit of time to think about this, what percentage are you closer to moving to one of these swing states? Zero percent. That was one of the more outlandish, state- <laughs> outlandish statements I've ever made in my life. I listened to it again, and I do get a kick out of hearing me be as presumptuous as to say, I do know this. I have some experience as a campaign manager. I was pretty fired up. You caught me mid-rant. Mid-rant. So let's continue on this rant. But is there any solutions, or this is just more identifying why well, this might be a huge problem? There are a, a, a thousand sixty delegates that are left in the race. You have to get twelve hundred and seventy-eight to hit fifty percent to win. Yep. Trump has. 600 some odd now he has to get 560 more delegates to to win there are 22 states left 560 delegates would be 53 percent of those 22 states trump has generally only been winning with like 35 to 45 percent of the vote he hasn't broken 50 percent closest state that he came to breaking 50 percent in massachusetts big fucking surprise there he got 49 and a half percent of the vote in massachusetts um, the pro the real problem is, and I think that this is going to lead to the Republican party changing the way that their election rules work. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't get there, so what happens? The, the bulk, I'll get there. The bulk of the second half of the states in the primary are winner take all. So even if he's still only winning 35, 40% of the vote, he will win a hundred percent of the delegates because Ted Cruz will only get 25% or whatever. Although I'm saying those numbers in a world where there's, you know, four candidates still, and Rubio dropped out. So Rubio will probably still get some votes because he'll still be on some ballots. Oh, Rubio's officially gone? 
he suspended his campaign or whatever. Um, so anyway, I give Trump like a 55% chance to get enough delegates at this point oh, because yeah, of everyone else having dropped out. You do. And because of the fact that he, the, the remaining states are winner take all, and I doubt that Ted Cruz wins more than half the states. That being said, anyone in California that's listening to this podcast should go and register to vote right fucking now. The primary is on June 7th. Trump is leading in the polls, and there are 170 delegates up for grabs in California. You think we're going to get all the way that far? You think it's only a 55% chance he gets the Republican I think it's nomination? 55% chance that he gets the nomination. Just because there's too many things to call in, I don't know how many states Ted Cruz could win here. But... Um, 55% seems like a low estimation. It's pretty low. I think I'm probably lowballing. It could be a little higher. Let's say he ends up short. So he doesn't get the 53% of all remaining delegates that he needs to win. Uh, then we go to what's called a contested convention, which is a convention where going into it, we don't, we're not 100% certain about who the nominee is going to be. Has that ever happened? Yes, it used to happen all the time, but the last time that it happened was in the 70s. The 1970s. Yeah, it was in the 1970s. It was with Gerald, Gerald Ford against... I can't fucking remember. Whoever he beat. Yeah. And he, he, he won on the first ballot, though. So it was contested, but he won basically right away. So contested, what does that mean? What contested that mean? means that the delegates actually vote. Uh-huh. So you go to a vote, you have what's called a first ballot. And whoever the nominee is going to be has to get 50%. Okay. So if Trump comes back and he has 45%, Ted Cruz is 35%, Kasich has whatever, Trump does not get the nomination at that point. Then... There's a whole bunch of backroom dealing and deal-making, etc. And then they go to a second ballot and they vote again. And they keep doing that until somebody gets 50% of the vote. Now, the way that delegates work, and every single state is different with how they do delegates. Most states require their delegates to vote for the winner of the election on the first ballot. A lot of states will free their delegates after that. So that means... If I am a delegate from Massachusetts, where yeah. Trump won, on the first vote, I have to vote Trump. On the second vote, I can vote whoever the fuck I want. Now, there's different rules. Some states require it for three votes. Some states say on the second ballot, you have to go to the second candidate. Um, How like do you know so order. much about this? I read a bunch about it over the last week because I'm pretty interested in what's going to happen going into the convention here. Um... It's going to be the only convention, contested convention in the last 40 years. And it is potentially going to be the only Republican convention since like, the ni- since like 1910 yeah. that goes to a second ballot. And the, the real crazy part about it is they set the rules for how the convention is going to work a week before. Wow. So, and this is just at one location? Yeah, it's in Cleveland. So all the delegates... Is it always in Cleveland? No, it's in a different city every year. Like the Democratic one this year is in Philly, I think. But all the delegates that are selected in each state, those are actually appointed positions. Like when we say 170 delegates in California, that's actually 170 people that go to this convention. Huh. So there's actually like 2,500 people at this convention that vote. And how are these delegates selected? They're appointed by... Well, they're, they're selected by their local Republican committee. Yeah, but could they just so, be any walk of life people? It could be any fucking person off the street. A lot of times they're like state senators. Sometimes they're people from campaigns. So like 
Trump, one of Trump's campaign managers is a delegate for the state of New Hampshire. I don't know how that works or how that's allowed. But there are people that are like, they're selected at local um, Republican committees, and then they would go to a state convention, and then they would go to a national convention after being selected from there. And generally, no one fucking gives a shit. But this is a year where these people actually matter, and these people have a chance to make a difference. The rules that are established a week before, so like the Romney campaign was really worried about some kind of crazy coup from Rand Paul or something four years ago. Mm-hmm. So they put this rule in the books that in order to be on the ballot in any of the votes at the convention, you had to have won at least eight states. Chances are they're going to remove that. Um, and they could put in some kind of ro- rule that allows some random person that w- did not even campaign to get put on a ballot, like a Mitt Romney, like a Paul Ryan. Well, let me ask you this. So, of the 35% that are voting for Trump, what percentage of those people do you think knew who Donald Trump was 18 months ago? Uh, close to 100%. Really? You think I think that that's a um, big part of the basis for... Why he's winning? Yeah. Because there's, there's some, he's someone that, like in my mind, this voter is, generally speaking, a lower income, not college educated person who is 40 to 50 years old. And Trump is someone that has represented wealth, business acumen, whatnot, for a long time. And he also says things that they identify with, like, we should not allow Muslims into the country. And that's, that's the mirror part of it that I'm talking about. It's showing us a part of the country that we thought didn't exist, but it still obviously very much fucking exists. Do you think someone laid this out for him? Or do you think he's just speaking off the cuff with what's in his head? Uh, you mean, do I think that some kind of like smart campaign person went to Trump and was like, hey, I think you could win by doing X, Y, Z? Yeah. That's a great question. Um... I don't know, like, chicken and the egg with his campaign people. I'd have to look to see if someone planted this idea in his head. Certainly people have helped him along. But I think a big part of it is just that he's a megalomaniac who's had a shit ton of money for a long time, and he can say whatever the fuck he wants, and he snowballed from last year. And there were rumblings of this over the last few years. He was part of the whole birther thing, trying to find Obama's birth certificate, there were rumblings around him running uh, during the last Republican uh, Republican primary four years ago. How much time have you spent on the road here reading about this? Like, do you I, start cursing at yourself when you start finding out shit? And- uh, I mean, I've learned a lot about the primary process and how fucked up it is. So, no, I'm usually not just angry sitting there. I will get very angry sometimes at the way that columnists write things. Um, but, yeah, I probably spend 30, 30 minutes to an hour a day reading about election shit. Wow. So, l- let me ask you this question. Of all the pundits on Fox or whatever, mm-hmm. are any of like the famous ones outwardly stating their opinion against... Against them, like on Fox, uh, on any of the conservative networks. You know, I don't really spend any. T- I, I to be honest, I don't. I don't spend any time watching TV. Well, news. I see that you have our boy Bill O'Reilly there. What do you got about him? Oh, uh, I just had a quick note here that leading up to the 
uh, Republican debate like two or three weeks ago, Bill O'Reilly had a guy on um, who I think he was like a Democratic supporter or whatever. Yeah. And Bill O'Reilly very clearly wanted to come up with a way to talk about Hillary's emails and the fact that she might be indicted. And this guy... So this guy's just like some random campaign guy. He's not a lawyer or anything. Yeah. And Bill O'Reilly's like, do you think that Hillary Clinton's going to be indicted for her emails? And he's like, I mean, Bill, I'm not a lawyer. I really have no idea. There's a process going underway. And Bill O'Reilly proceeds to ask like 15 different ways about this thing. And the guy just keeps saying, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but in terms of people hourly coming out against Trump... Uh, I think Bill O'Reilly has said some negative shit. Megyn Kelly is obviously one of the best known ones that she said is anti is anti Trump. She's been very hard on him during the debates, and he's been very vocal about saying negative things. Speaking of which, what about Ann Coulter? Ann Coulter, uh, I don't know. She's a fucking idiot. I, I can't listen to any of the just word vomit that comes out of her mouth that she had, tries to put together in a way that makes that sounds intelligent. She's someone that like validates stupid people's opinions about things like this all the time. But um, speaking about Trump saying negative things about people, the New York Times did this great fucking article, which I'll, I, I might actually put the link in when we send this around. Uh, they analyzed every single one of Trump's tweets since he announced that he was going to run for president, which was like last July. Uh-huh. And they looked at every single tweet in which he, he was sending an insult or saying something negative. There were over 4,000 tweets since July of last year that were insults. That represented one in eight of every of Trump's tweets was an insult. And then they went person by person through each category. And he has a tendency to always say the same shit about people. So Like he cycles through his... Yeah, he just says the same thing over and over again. So like Marco Rubio, he always says, lightweight. He's a lightweight. Hillary Clinton does not have the strength or stamina to be president. And you see like five different combinations of that. And then sometimes it's just in all caps. Hillary Clinton does not have the strength or stamina to be president. The best part, though, is like that stuff's pretty predictable, right? Him slinging insults around at these other candidates. What's great is when you got down toward the tail end of the list and you started to hit some weird shit. Like there was some lawyer and he actually tweeted to his 5.6 million followers or whatever. Uh, she tried to breastfeed in front of me during a deposition once. Uh, then you scroll down a little bit further. Samuel L. Jackson didn't love his movies. Then you scroll down a little bit further. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA, didn't love it. <laughs> scroll down a little bit further. You scroll down far enough. Bandon Dunes, he says, is a toy compared to his resorts in Scotland. He did this, by the way, while he was on the road campaigning for president. Took a Bandon Dunes rip. No, that's now it's personal. Now yeah. I might have to start paying attention. And I read an article about it, and one of the negative things they said about Bannon Dunes is hilarious. He's like, their dunes aren't even big. I mean, their tallest dune is maybe like half the size of one of our average dunes. To give a little landscape, Bannon Dunes is probably the nicest yeah. golf resort. And who gives a fuck how big the dunes are? Have you ever ever gotten to a, out to a golf course and thought, I wish that the dunes were taller? Yeah, I, do you, I mean, I've been watching the videos pretty much my extent of the election is watching the crazy videos at the Trump rallies. Yeah, yeah. Do you Which think it's is, possible that he could get killed while campaigning? Like the, so as crazy are the people that are for him, there are crazier people that are anti him. Yeah, 
Um, I think it's always possible. Um, I think it's very unlikely because I think that the president, the president, if you think about it quickly, he seems like someone who's probably like always easy to kill, right? He's out in public, people have guns, etc. But it's only happened once ever. And I think it's because the Secret Service, who these, these candidates all have Secret Service details now that they've gotten far enough along. Um, the Secret Service has been doing this forever, and they're so careful about like exactly what locations events are going to be at and scanning them in advance and clearing out areas where people could be and all this stuff. I think it's very unlikely because I think if it were, um, we would have already seen it happen a lot more to a lot of other politicians. Because didn't he pay? He paid for one of his one of his rallies. The guy that hit the protester. He claimed that he would. He said, "I'll pay your legal fees. I really will." He said several things that have been condoning and or inciting violence. He said, "You know, God, I'd like to punch that guy in the face." Um, you know, in the old days, we would have gotten someone like that, someone like that out of here right away. And then uh, a few of the other podcasts I listened to, they've, they've pointed out some of the subtle things that he does during his speeches. He always thanks the police. He'll always say, God, aren't our police great? Which, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But he does it right around when he's talking about violence and condoning violence to kind of put a band-aid over it and almost like sanction his behavior and like invoke the police as being, you know, somewhat supportive of it as well. I mean, the character that he's created is something that's playing to a dark part of the country that's a lot bigger than we thought, like I said before. So, I don't know. That's really all I had on Trump. I don't know if there's any other thoughts you have for the listeners here as we part. I mean, just we obviously have different stances on it. I don't think he's going to get elected. Echoes. But I think that that attitude is what leads to it because that's a cavalier like. Sure, I'm this not, can never happen. I'm not going to do anything. If if we talked about this a year ago, you would say there's no way he could be the Republican nominee. And look at him; he could be the Republican nominee. Sure. I think he has. I think a, he will be the Republican. I think nominee. he has a much better chance in a national election than you think. Sure. I but I, I'd, be to, I'd be willing to bet a thousand dollars that he doesn't get elected president. I'm not going to bet on something like that, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I should care. I don't, and I am the problem. You gotta care. <laughs> you gotta care. But I mean, look, this is the first one of these that we've done on kind of a one-off topic here. We'll gather some feedback. If you guys like it, we can come back. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of more stupid shit about the election we yeah. talk about next week. Uh, the convention is in either end of June or early July, mm-hmm. but most important for the listeners, the primary is June 6th or June 7th in California. You can I haven't been able to figure out how you find your polling place yet, <laughs> but you can register to vote online. I'm going to put the link in the email. Everyone should register to vote. You have to do it by the middle of May. You can also apply to vote by mail if you don't have time to vote online. And there's an application to vote by mail by the end of May. Um, so, like I said, Trump's ahead in the polls. And there are 170 delegates at stake here. And he only needs 560 more. So that's, you know, what, like a third of what he needs right there. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a decent chance that if you if enough people turn out to vote that uh, we can make the pain stop. Until next time, I give you credit if you trudge through all 24 minutes. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks.